It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast with Steve Noodleberg. Here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to another edition of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast based on the book in hardcover in paperback and an audio form. Steve, the last two weeks, I was a guest. You were a guest. Now we are once again in our normal perch as co-host thereof. Back to normal. Back to life. Back to reality. And we got a great guest today, my yes, friend Andrew Sassen. Yes, we do. We were just reminiscing over lunch. We uh, we met 20 plus years ago. Is that right? We were both very different human beings. Is that right? Um, but he is the ultimate entrepreneur. He has uh, a fabulous story about what he was able to accomplish, a life situation that presented him a, an opportunity to solve something, mm-hmm. and, uh, and he did, his, followed his passion for his family, and I'm thrilled that you're here. Very happy to be here, and you know, let's very, a, let's officially the, welcome you then. Thank let's, you very let's much. Let's do that. Andrew Sasson, the co-founder of Recovery Unplugged, uh, who we are well aware of here at ESPN West Palm as well. Um, so you guys go back 20 plus years. Steve said you were living very different lives then. What does he mean by that? So when I met Steve, I was uh, at college, University of Florida. Mm-hmm. Go Gators. Great game this week. Well, not a good game, but great win this weekend. Ugly game, good outcome. <laughs> yes, it was. Right, right, for exactly. Yes, it was. And uh, I was a college agent. I was just joking how, you know, when I met Steve 20 years ago, the people I met him with, I saw just this weekend, a couple at the game. Life has a way of doing that. It right? does. You know? and, and at the time, um, you know, I was in college trying to figure out what to do and Part of what I did back then is I helped uh, athletes and entertainers mm-hmm. with their insurance needs, uh-huh. and I was uh, living a a very fast, fun life. And you the- pioneered that space because there really wasn't anybody else. Because I was in sports, yeah. and I was dealing with a lot of guys that became either friends of yours or we would run into each other. There wasn't anybody who took that lane. Well, and most people rally. were just doing the trying to manage money. Right. And I believed in insurance, and still do. And so that's the angle I looked at was right. most of these guys didn't have insurance and I'd be looking at out for their back. And, you know, even looking fast forward to today, you know, if you look at what happened, especially with football players, mm-hmm. is that, you know, they have a short career and uh, they have no guarantees in what they do. So that's what I try to do is help them. Now, Steve, you said the ultimate entrepreneur. Explain how. So, you know, when, when I think of an entrepreneur, I understand that, you know, they're willing to take monster risks mm-hmm. in order to follow their heart and their passion. And um, Andrew's story is he's sailing along doing this thing, and then a life event happened, which I want you to share. And, sure. You know, with your family. And, and, and even before that, I mean, when I was at University of Florida, I had a record label I helped start. Uh, I had a long distance company I helped start. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was to me, um, you know, I give credit to my good friend uh, who became my wife uh, because I was not into school. I mm-hmm. was into working. I had people working for me mm-hmm. uh, since I was, you know, 16 years old because I just enjoyed business. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as life went along, um, you know, I was doing the insurance thing. And, you know, unfortunately, um, several people in our family had uh, addiction issues mm. and it came to a point where as i was telling steve i mean i just was waiting for them to die because that's what it like bad like. issues i mean these yeah, are bad not issues. Issues. Sub- substance issues all yeah. substance abuse issues mm-hmm. you know my wife and i were dealing with this on a daily basis with several people and uh, it culminated with some people uh, in our family uh, being arrested um ironically by a good friend of mine who worked for uh, the dea mm. and um you know that led to me 
being introduced to Paul Pellinger uh, through my good friend Marshall Geyser. And Paul had this idea of using music as a catalyst for therapy. And after spending, you know, six figures trying to help our family at different places that wasn't working, I said, when you say when you say therapy, we have to clarify. Sure. This isn't uh, school kids. This isn't elderly folks that are recovering from strokes. When you say as therapy, you're talking about rehabilitation. Correct. Drug and real alcohol recovery, rehabilitation. Right. Oh, real recovery. Right. Not therapy as music therapy like you have in school or in after school programs. You're talking about going to rehabilitation to get this your life saved, stuff, yeah. right? So you can, but the power of using music to do that, which is revolutionary. That is correct. And, and I had seen so many uh, different types of places that all meant well uh, that just weren't working. And whether it was uh, family members of ours that were 25 or family members of ours that were 60, um, nothing was working. Mm-hmm. And so when I met Paul, uh, you know, he had this idea and I said, you know, well, let's put it together. And we started off with trying to do a, a small place in Fort Lauderdale uh, back in 2013, which has now grown into uh, facilities in Fort Lauderdale, Lake Worth, Austin, Texas, um, Washington, D.C., and uh, October 1st will be Nashville, wow. Tennessee. Wow. And, uh, you know, I was telling Steve during lunch that, you know, we're at the point now where we've had over 4,000 people whose lives we've been able to save, and that's what I'm most proud of. I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, just one makes a difference. Fact-based 4,000 times though, over. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, so not, not just buzzwords fact-based that you know they're changing lives. that was the challenge originally i mean i had people calling me you know five years ago saying hey i got a family member you know shooting heroin what are they gonna do play the guitar i don't get it and explain that please Correct. explain that for real because they say okay well how does music i mean i understand it's busy time or something to refocus upon or you know a distraction even possibly someone but it's it's much more than that it actually has to do with the brain doesn't it that is 100% and the wiring correct. and synopsis and dopamine and release of chemicals my and boy such. Josh. Yeah. <laughs> i know i know a few things you're right on point please um, elaborate i am not a doctor and so when i first you know heard about this i wanted to understand the scientific proof behind it so we've been fortunate that nova southeast university at nsu dr christian delucia did a three-year study on us um to show what we're doing, why it's working from a scientific basis. And we've been able to show, um, you know, in medicine today, they've been using music with Alzheimer's for years. Mm-hmm. They've been using music with autism for years. And mm-hmm. now we're able to show that the, the receptors in the brain, you know, the same play, the pleasure points that cocaine hits, that the heroin hits, that alcohol hits for people, are the same places that music, when a chord gets strung, mm. is hitting in the brain. Mm. So now we're able to use that music. And, and to even explain further, we don't just sit in a room playing music. If you don't know how to play music before you come to Recovery Unplugged, you're not going to know how to play when you leave. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's a fact. Okay. But we use the music to engage people. And by engaging them, breaking down defenses and building rapport, that makes the difference. Because now the therapist can actually do their job. The biggest challenge with people coming to rehab is they don't want to be there. And right. if you look across America, the number one reason why people fail at rehab is because they don't stay. They leave against medical advice. So the one thing we're very proud of is that people don't leave. When we first started this, the first challenge we had was nobody wanted to leave. I had family members that go. couldn't keep in rehab. <laughs> go. Now they don't want to leave. <laughs> and, and that's how we ended up growing because we, we had something that worked. We had something you know, that people were engaging. And by engaging then you could actually, you know, have and a good outcome. Certainly it didn't hurt that you had an authentic partner, Richie. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you know right after um, literally two months into being open uh, and Steve was around for this, yeah. we had, you know, Richie Supa, who was an award-winning singer-songwriter and played with, you know, some of the greats in the world mm-hmm. uh, and toured with Aerosmith for years. Mm-hmm. You know, he came by for an afternoon just to see what we were doing. 
And by the end of the day, he said, you know, this is what I am. This is what you are. This I'm is in, what we are right? together. <laughs> and, you know, Richie's been on board with us and, and, you know, changed how we are seen by mm. the world, uh, which has been just incredible. There needs to be a passion beyond just making money. There better be in this industry. You yep. know, uh, a lot of people... A lot of people got into this world in South Florida. There was a lot of treatment centers down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all gone. Uh, the people that want to do this to help are still here. Yeah, one that we knew the name of, I'm, I'm yeah. not saying, you know, 40 years in the business, you know, gone. I mean, so the, the landscape today, has changed, yeah. you know, dramatically. So, so it's not an easy business to be in. And that's one of the things we talked about at lunch is like, hey, like, how committed are you to this? <laughs> like, you know, you, you don't jump into this and go, okay, I'm, this is the money I'm making. You got to be really long-term committed to, and that's what I love about, you know, you know, entrepreneurism, if you will. It's like mm-hmm. the passion is what keeps you well, there going. there has to be. There has to yeah. be more than just the money or you're never going to succeed. Right. That is correct. When we, when we started this, you know, I walked into my house. I said to my wife, do you believe in what we're doing? She said, yes. I said, okay, sign this. Said, What's that? I said, that's our house. Wow. And so, she said, I mean, it doesn't get any more committed. You know, I said, that's it. You're you betting know, on yourselves. We are all in because we believe, and I believe, this is going to actually change the game, not just for our family, but for other people. And if you look forward today, um, the people in our family are speakers now that have five years clean uh, that were wow. OD'd and dead and had to be revived. Really? So um, we are grateful for that and for you know everybody we're helping. And the challenge is, even though... If you look at the statistics nationally, 90% of people relapse, and our statistics are 40%. Which now, the, is, the, the, the overall average, this is for the nation, for the world? Nation. Okay, for the nation, the, the relapse rate is what? 90%. Okay, and then through your program, it's 40%? Yes. I mean, that is a remarkable difference. That's it not, it's incredible. not 90 versus 87. No, no, it, it is absolutely incredible, and, and one of the great things we've done since we started is we've been able to track everybody from the time they call to when they leave our program, we have an alumni team that follows up with these people through Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, on a daily basis, so that if they are struggling, we are there to help them. And a lot of times, they, you know, they're back around the country, they can't come back to us, we find a place to help them. And that's what we're very proud of. We're very proud of the fact that no matter, you know, if you call us and we can't help you, we'll find a place that can. And so, you know, we've been, you know, we've been all, all in since day one on, on making an actual difference. It is um, remarkable, the numbers, because we can talk about, well, this is better, and then this is better, and then that's worse, but the numbers, when you can quantify things in life, is proof. You know, the best movie isn't the highest grossing movie. Correct. The best flavor of ice cream isn't necessarily the best selling flavor mm-hmm. of ice cream, right? So when you talk about a success rate where just 40% have relapsed, there's something to what you're doing that's beyond happy, fun, joy, passion there's something to it that says this is the answer. This is the we solution. Are making this a isn't connection. a placebo effect. Correct. This is beyond that, Steve. So, so the you know the interesting thing is yesterday there was a you know a case in Oklahoma that Johnson and Johnson had to pay a billion a half a billion dollars I think it was pocket change a, for them a fine because of you know opioid uh, you know their responsibility in the opioid ch- problem, and that was like they were happy. They were like. Throwing a party, they expected to spend fifteen billion. Mm-hmm. So the problem's not going away. Mm-mm. You know, there are more and more addicts and people having challenges and problems. And so, you know, everybody I know or everybody we know knows somebody who is suffering or has a problem or could use the help. And the rules on how the business is manifested are anti-business, really. Completely <laughs> anti-business. Yeah. I look. Some people did things they shouldn't have, but the you know. 
when you're doing the right thing and trying to help people, you know, some of the regulation is just absolutely doesn't make any sense at all. Doesn't make sense at all. So what's the point of it then? I mean, what's the motivation behind that regulation? Because it's a profit. It's a politics. Well, when three bad eggs do something, the other ninety-seven get punished. Mm. <laughs> like, like I mean, that's just how it goes. Correct. And so, you one know, bad the, apple spoils the whole bunch. Correct. Yep. That being said, you know, we we still work through it. You know, our goal is that that forty percent number, as great as it is, and it's really great. It's not good enough for 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 us. No. You know, that still means that six people are going to be struggling. Right. And and we are spending every hour every day literally trying to get those numbers better through metrics through working with you know different data you know today with data and ai you can predict things mm -hmm. so we're now trying to create protocols to where we know potentially in the future if somebody's going to be struggling how we can help them before they fall off and it's so so counterintuitive sort of because the destruction that this causes is so much more expensive than if you were able to help people to become more productive. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, at, my family has experienced it. It's very, very difficult and mm -hmm. very devastating. But there is some upside to it. There are people that are paying attention. You willing to share what uh, happened in Philly? Uh, your recent trip to Philly when you were, were able to meet some certain folks? We are, <laughs> we are yes. So um, What happened? A couple of weeks ago, um, after climbing a mountain for my 40th birthday. Congratulations. It was uh, a goal I set. I uh, somehow gave myself a hernia, but before I had surgery, we were able to fly up and spend a, uh, an afternoon uh, over uh, with the Rolling Stones. Mm -hmm. Got to meet Mick, Keith, Ron, and Ronnie Woods, um, you know, in, in, in recovery right now. Right, yeah. So he loved uh, our book that we brought him, Music uh, is Our Medicine, uh, as well as one of our shirts, Nobody Ever Died from a Music Overdose. Um, True. You know, so we were able to go and, and, and meet them and enjoy the concert. And, you know, just being around people of that legendary status um, that appreciate what we're doing, you know, that's, that's been amazing. And so, you know, in the world we live in today, you know, just because you're a celebrity doesn't mean you're better or worse than anybody else, but people listen to them. Mm, right. So we've been very grateful and fortunate that over the years we've had, you know, Steven Tyler come by, we've had Flow Rider right. come by, we've mm. had, you know, Art from Everclear just perform at our, you know, our center. Um, and to have those people come by because of the work that we're doing, you know, just to show that a music does make the difference and you know we're out there trying to do that i mean when you talk about being an entrepreneur here's somebody he knows presented the idea and probably could have never executed it on its own Correct. on his own he has he was the heart behind this he knew something could be done but you need visionaries you need passion you need all the things that make up being an entrepreneur to bring it to the market and make it real. And you and I have talked about there's, you know, people who can solve real problems mm -hmm. are the ones who are the real entrepreneurs. Yeah. You know? There's so. dreamers and doers and right. the dreamers who do right. see that success follow. I, that's it. We, we had a dream when we started this and we're, we're executing it and we're trying, I believe in constant and never ending improvement. So we're always working on getting it better. And like I was saying at lunch, you know, if you would have said to me six years ago, this is what I'd be doing, I would have lost that bet. I would, and, have, I would have bet the other way. Yeah. I mean, I know him. <laughs> we, we, we have just under 400 employees at this moment um, dedicating company. their lives to saving other people's lives. And we haven't even opened Nashville or Dallas yet, which we're getting to. And so it is a daily struggle. And there are days, you know, when we're fighting, you know, we, we treat somebody and then different uh, insurance companies decide that they didn't need to get treatment and don't want to pay it. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Uh, but we will keep fighting every day, and we've dedicated ourselves to this mission of um, you know, making the world a better place. Insurance companies aren't always necessarily looking out for our best interests, are they? It's a bottom-line business. 
It is. It is. Yeah. And, and, you know, the idea going forward, though, is that what we've been able to do and we're doing even more every day is showing um, insurance companies, regular companies, that there, there are people out there, not just us, but others as well, that are changing the paradigm on addiction, that mm-hmm. are actually getting results, right? Because the biggest challenge with, you know, the industry is they were doing the same thing for the last hundred years, which is why nine out of ten and people relapse. the same results. Correct. Because the, I think the, the rate is three times to return or more, three or four times. Five. Five. To go wow. in, go out, go in, go out. And it's not, you know, I mean, you know, that's, a, this, that's disrupting of lives. I mean, it's crazy. Well, it's also, you know, a lot of the focus the last several years has been on the opioid crisis. Of course. But there's just as many people that are taking a value of Xanax and, you know, taking two shots and dying at night. Mm-hmm. And that's been overlooked. There's an there's a unfortunate resurgence in meth. All across this country. Which is hard to fathom. (laughs) That's been overlooked. And so, you know, we're living in a time where there is addiction, addictive personalities. Everybody's addicted to their phones. (laughs) Yes. Right? Yep. There's the first ever, you know, uh, video game treatment center that just opened. For real? Yep. Oh, I didn't even know that. Wow. Video game addiction. Yeah. Which is very real. Right. And so, but all of that, a lot of that stems from, you know, what are people doing? People are, are, are having trouble just being happy. People need to be distracted. We've convinced ourselves that we're afraid of silence, right? We're afraid of having conversations. And so people turn to drugs, alcohol, video, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So the problems aren't getting any better. What we are trying to do is being part of a solution, right? All these stories, everything that's out there is all about the problem, the problem, the opioid crisis, the people that made it. But what about the solution? And that's what we're trying to get to is be part of the solution. Steve, in the book, uh, chapter rule number nine, rather, the yes, rules is, is listen to music. So that means what to you? So, so we it, talked about it. Yeah. You know, uh, music to me is a mood changer. You know, I think a lot of people get up in the morning and they sort of, you know, they, they're not at operating at optimum level mm-hmm. and then skate. Oh, I don't feel good. I'm just going to get through today. And so for me early on, one of the things I did was use music to get me back to high operating level you see athletes with headphones on before the game you know getting in a groove getting that music going and so motivated whatever kind of music you're using music is powerful in terms of moving emotion andrew just told you that there's a a scientific biological reason which is what we were you know we were having so much fun about is that for me i knew what it did for my brain i had no idea it had any kind of scientific backup there are movie scenes that bring us to emotional places in which we get goosebumps or our eyes well with tears we start to feel heartbroken when you watch those scenes with the score removed you don't feel any of that stuff yeah it's really wild because that's the effect that the music has upon the brain which has the effect upon the emotions the dopamines and the others you were speaking of and that's that's also innate what people don't realize is as richie first brought up to me years ago that the first time we heard music was in the mother's room. It was the heartbeat. Correct. So we are wired. Wow. From, mm-hmm. from, and and it doesn't matter what religion you are, whether Jewish, Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, music is used in every religion for mm-hmm. thousands of years. Music is used in healing for thousands of years. We are not that smart. No. You know, uh, we just are now harnessing that to help people that are in dire need, that are days away from potentially dying, and we know that by using that music to engage them, we could turn it around, and we have. And beyond that, you know, I was reading a book about um, olfactory, the power of scent. Mm-hmm. Um, and Because there's so much about our preferences in life we think we choose. But it turns out, genetically, biologically, there's a reason why you like the color black. There's a reason why you prefer red cars. There's a reason why. Um, music, while in the womb, 
subjected to that same music or the beats per minute and the melodies um, you find subconsciously comforting. You don't mm-hmm. realize why. But if your mother was a big Beatles fan and she would play Here Comes the Sun over and over again, you may not realize it 35 years later, but that will be comforting to you. Your stress rates will wow, lower, yeah. your heart will lower, because in your genetic birthing through your development, that was the soundtrack of comfort, security in that womb. Yeah, look, before we even had Recovery Unplugged or knew about this, um, my wife listened to music you know, on her belly with her first two kids. Mm-hmm. I just thought that's what you should do. Right. It made sense to <laughs> Sounds me. Right. Yeah. And fast forward to what we're doing now, which is, you know, kind of amazing that that's what we're using. I know we got involved in the, in the business early on. We were fortunate enough to sort of be part of that growth. Hey, we got an idea. Here's what we're, what we're doing. And there was that seed of doubt in my mind when, as we were thinking through it, which has to be for everybody's like, all right, what kind of bullshit is this? Right, you know, like, of course. This is another one of those. Well, you should be skeptical. You know, we'll go in there, we'll sing Kumbaya, and everybody's going to be right. Mm-hmm. And, and having been through it before, I couldn't see through it. But once we did a lot of the research, and you feel the passion of the people who are involved, um, this is their marketing brochure, not for people, uh, if you're watching this on, on Facebook. Recovery um, Unplugged. It's yeah. Recovery Unplugged, and it's a p- guitar pick. It's a shape of a guitar pick. And right. all of their, and uh, all of the branding cuff links is are a the guitar shape, pick. The same cuff. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's a way to stand out. So it was really fun for us to be involved in the, in the beginning, and then to see it get to where it is six years later, you know, and then, grow, you know, you go to Nashville, that to me is the shrine. Yes. I mean, that matches music. Well, it's Music City. Music City, yeah. right. That, well, that was the first, that. you know, when we went to Austin and we opened in Austin, it was the same thing. That's Probably, the live right. music capital of right. the world and, and Nashville's the music capital of the world. And so, you know, they've embraced us. The city of Austin's embraced us. We're looking forward to Nashville. And so, you know, from back when you first came, we, we started the thing uh, several years ago called Feel Good Friday. Mm-hmm. And it's just for our clients and it's to come and feel good. And it's an hour and a half concert. Richie uh, puts it on in Florida. Then we have different people in, in Austin and in Northern Virginia and soon to be in Nashville. And so we just started live streaming it um, just a month ago. Which is powerful. And right? now we have people all over the world that are former clients, families, friends that could see the power of music. One of the things that Richie did was he wrote a body of music about recovery. And all of those songs he uses, along with you know songs he's made hits over the last uh, 50 years, the feeling and the the inspiration that people get from that you could just see it you know with your own two eyes is amazing when you say richie clarify once again richie super right richie who Supa. was a touring musician for decades yes he, and a songwriter toured, right, he toured with uh, Aerosmith. correct now i don't want to forget to to tell everybody that there was just a special on a and e ah, yeah correct was, so yeah one of the things we got approached um a, a great gentleman named Stu goffman created a tv show called addiction unplugged and uh, came, and it's about uh, different stories of addiction, addiction that, that affects business, mm-hmm. that affects the military, that affects families. Of one of the stories that they did was about Recovery Unplugged, and it just aired on A&E this weekend. Oh, that's great. Uh, it was absolutely incredible, um, and it's on A&E On Demand. Um, it's the episode three about music and recovery, and it talks about the scientific basis on how music affects the brain and what we are doing at Recovery Unplugged with that knowledge. And, you know, one of the cool things is, is that if you share this knowledge with people like that show is going to do, you said there was instant uh, oh, yeah. I mean, people, people just calling right, people, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, know, right away. We need help. <laughs> people do need help. People are, are, are unfortunately dying for help. Yes. And there are places out there that are trying to help them and we're one of them. And one of the things that we've been able to do is, you know, once you leave treatment, you can't stay with us. 
forever, mm-hmm. right? You have to move on. And so one of the- And how pre- long typically is treatment? 28 days? Nobody gets better in 28 days. Okay. Um, so what's, you know, what's typical stay with the recovery unplugged? Um, 100 days. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because you have you know different levels of care, detox, residential, uh, intensive outpatient, mm-hmm. outpatient, and then the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. That's probably and, one of the fallacies is that you could get better in 28 right. days. Well, I just know that's the, the insurance right, companies exactly. would like you to. <laughs> right. Unfortunately, Correct. yes, a lot of them only. Because they're a bottom line. As we discussed, you didn't pay out. for that, but uh, you know the reason why people relapse so much is because you're not going to change, you know, a 30 year habit in a few weeks. It is is it a lifelong thing, and that's why you know we believe in you know what we do and how we do it. You know, when when one of the people came to talk to us, you know, they talked about Matt medically assisted treatment, which is a big thing today, and we said yes, we have Matt musically assisted treatment, and uh, wow. you know that's that's the power of what we do, and we also believe in Matt as well, the medically assisted treatment. We believe in you know whatever we meet people where they're at. And for some people that have been to rehab 10 times, they may need certain medications that are going to help them stay clean. And for other people that have never been to treatment, why put them on something right now they're going to have to take for the rest of their life? Well, that other extension that you talked about, um, Karma, which is kind of, you know, interesting that we're at Good Karma Brands, is a logical extension to somebody, a doctor, a medical professional, understanding what, you know, addiction and recovery. One of the things that we saw was, you know, when people eventually unfortunately fall off at 60 percent it's mm-hmm. normally you know within the first year after they come to treatment and a lot of the times it's because they don't have the proper mental health and they don't pro- have the proper doctors that understand addiction so we partnered with a group out of uh, texas that we became part of and it's called karma collaborative addiction medical collaborative addiction recovery medical assistance mm-hmm. karma health and um c-a-r-m-a and so what it is it's doctor's offices that also has mental health so that you have a doctor that actually understands addiction and a mental health component where you could go see a therapist on your iPhone or Android and not have to have that four month wait that most people do, which is where they fall off. And so uh, we're proud to be part of that as well going forward. What is the I party sober movement? So um, part of the sober conscious. Yes. So, you know, if you look at what's going on today, um, you have people in recovery and you have people that, just want to go out and have fun being sober. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to drink or do drugs to have a good time, especially mm-hmm. at, at concerts. We do a lot of stuff. So, you know, our team thought of this idea of I party sober and we, we uh, rolled it out riptide last year yep. when we were there and it's really taken off to where there are people that just want to go out, go to concerts, go to venues, have fun and they party sober. And so uh, it's growing. It's, uh, you know, be, be you getting you're not supposed to have people throw up on you when you're at concert. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because we're getting messages from people all over the country and actually other parts of the world that are saying, hey, I've been looking for something like this. Right. I'm in recovery. I'm mm-hmm. not in recovery. I just want to go out and have a good time without having to drink. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing. We're creating, a, you know, that fun environment where just this past Sunday we had the iParty Silver Games where we had, you know, uh, different uh, athletic games for people to go out and have fun, you know, and compete against each other. And at the end, instead of everybody, you know, drinking beer, we had, you know, uh, different drinks or uh, mocktails instead of cocktails. What what do you make of this CBD explosion? What do you make of this new industry? So I I, I bring this up now because I saw an ad yesterday on Instagram mm -hmm. of a beverage that is CBD based saying, uh, alter your consciousness, have a great time, feel at ease and stress free, but no hangover. Right. So that's the, 
Uh, again, I I am not a, I'm not a doctor like I said. Me neither. I don't know the claims behind it. So I will say this: CBD is different than THC, mm-hmm. right? So THC gets you high. Right. CBD is like you know anything else that could potentially help heal you. Mm. So I am a proponent of anything that could heal you that's not going to alter your consciousness and not addictive. So if, if, so if you're able to right. take something, right? If CBD supposedly again is uh, safe as Tylenol, right? So if you're able to take something that's not going to hurt your liver that's going to make you feel better, that's not going to alter your state of consciousness, I'm all for it. Mm -hmm. If you, you know, get to the other side of it where, you know, you're going to have, um, you know, THC on every corner, I think you're going to have challenges with that. Understood. And believe you. Completely understood. Yeah, I think there's a whole big... uh, That's where we're heading. Behind that door, (laughs) there's going to be a big issue. Well, you follow the money. Yeah. And the money takes you there. Andrew Sawson, co-founder, Recovery Unplugged. Congratulations on, A, saving lives, changing the fortunes of families and individuals forever, and also being successful in business, but in that order. Yes. And I'm going to congratulate you in that order because there's a greater purpose and mission, too. Our mission since day one has been our clients come first, our clients come second, our clients come third, and God willing, we get profit, too. Amen. Good on you. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate you being here. Recovery Unplugged, the website is www.recoveryunplugged.com. Awesome, really great job. So happy you're here. Incredible. Stevie, as uh, we wrap up another episode, we always ask to ask you to tell us, to tell us something good. So why don't we do that as we wrap up number 77? A couple of good things. First of all, it was great to catch up with you, man. That was really great to hear. Uh, What's good? I had spent uh, Saturday with four generations. I had all of the Noodlebergs at uh, Camping World Field. Stand down to grandson. Stand down to grandson, which... Um, if that don't tingle your toes, nothing does. Mm. Uh, and we were in the same building with Mr. Levicka. We, we weren't able to make Can't our way work. around to, to see him on the Miami side, but uh, it was a big uh, Gator W, so we're happy, and uh, that is certainly something good. Congratulations on that. That's um, The work that Andrew does is to see to it that there could be four generations there. That's exactly right. That's that the is difference. exactly correct. Ain't that something, how it all ties together. Uh, why don't we try for 78? Want to do another 78. one of these? 78. Let's do Let's do another one of these. Man, incredible. For Steve Nudelberg, Josh Cohen saying thank you for listening. We will catch you next time on the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast. So long, everybody.